1994, Nelson Mandela becomes president of South Africa following the country's first open election. Millions watch O.J. Simpson flee police in a white Ford Bronco. And for the first time in 90 years, there is no World Series when the baseball season ends with a strike. And while the world watches these diverse events unfold, Microsoft continues its forward momentum. On January 31st, Microsoft Plus, a support program designed to increase user satisfaction with Microsoft and its products, is announced. The following month, on February 14th, Microsoft signs a definitive agreement to acquire Softimage Incorporated. Softimage is a leading developer of high-performance 2D and 3D computer animation and visualization software. The stock transition, which has an approximate value of $130 million, is approved by the board of directors of both companies. In the summer on May 17th, Microsoft introduces the architecture for its new software solution for delivering continuous media, such as audio and video. Now this software solution is codenamed Tiger. The Tiger technology, based on Microsoft Windows NT Advanced Server, is a fully scalable media file server solution. It will provide media on demand for personal, corporate, and citywide deployment. You can view it as a portal um, onto the uh, information superhighway. In other words, it can, be, it can be playing video information. Here it's playing a uh, demo clip uh, from Soft Image, which is a company that uh, produces uh, 3D animation and graphics. Uh, so it can be used for that purpose. But as Craig mentioned, uh, this machine is actually also a Tiger server. And in fact, using modern PC technology, a box of this size could easily support more than 100 simultaneous video streams of this type. So what we're really saying is that, that relatively small computers can run the Tiger software, and, and that those types of systems can be extremely important. Now, of course, none of this really makes any sense or really does any good for you unless the system is actually going to do something that users actually want. Well, one of the things that they may want to do is to grab control of their own video, to be able to select videos uh, of their choosing uh, and to be able to uh, access information within those videos that they want. So here we've now centered attention on a particular monitor which has a, a remote control receiver sitting right next to it and I've got a remote control device right here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a movie that I might be interested in seeing. So let's see. Uh, uh, let's see, I, I'm thinking about what kind of content I might want to have and uh, uh, whether I'm not that interested in the weather, sports. Uh, maybe I'm interested in a music video. So I can immediately pick a music video and in less than a second uh, that particular clip will come on. Now, I can pick anything else that I might want. Uh, the user uh, with this type of remote control device has complete control of the information that they want to get access to. Two days later, Connie Chung interviews Bill Gates on CBS's Eye to Eye. It's Eye to Eye with Connie Chung. He was actually 25 in 1980 when he clinched the deal of a lifetime, winning a contract to design software for IBM. Brilliantly, Gates kept the right to sell the software, known as MS-DOS, anywhere he pleased. Do you think you are successful? I think by most measures, I... Uh, I'm successful. MS-DOS would become the central nervous system of most computers. The music and driving rhythm inside their plastic shell. And for Gates, that was just the beginning. Is it true that you can leap over a chair from a standing position? It depends on the size of the chair, but this chair 
probably so. <laughs> Will you do it? Yeah, I don't know with the microphone on if it's doable. Watch the light, okay? Uh, I'll cheat a little bit. <laughs> In early June, Microsoft and Scholastic Inc. announced an alliance. Now this will include the developments of children's multimedia products and other activities that blend Microsoft's technology expertise with Scholastic's vast knowledge of children's communication. A week later, on June 20th, the next version of the Microsoft Windows operating system, codenamed Chicago, enters its first broad testing phase. More than 20,000 customers, software developers, and hardware manufacturers in more than 20 countries worldwide are expected to receive beta products. Chicago is the planned replacement for Microsoft MS-DOS and Windows. It will later be known as Windows 95. I have to say this is a, a very uh, important time in the history of our industry. We have a lot of new advances that are going to change the way that people think of a personal computer. We're moving from an era in which the PC was simply a tool to help people get things done to now where the PC will become the communications device that will redefine how we work, how we play, and how we learn. It's been fascinating to see as we, we roll out this new user interface, uh, to see the incredible range of reaction that we've had. Uh, the Bob, which is our first application with social interface, uh, has been uh, widely praised as a, a new way to really pull users in and, and make it simple so you don't have to know all those toolbar icons and all those menu items. Other people have said, well, no, this, this, this won't do. Uh, you know, we spent all these times learning all those menu items. You can't really come along and simplify it. Uh, and it's a lot like graphical interface where uh, the original character mode users thought it was just maybe for wimpy users uh, and they weren't going to be drawn into anything that, that uh, lowered uh, that, that barrier to entry. Well, clearly, graphics interface didn't take off overnight. It took a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance, uh, and the criticisms about the speed and the development tools, those were all valid, and it took many years to overcome those uh, to get to the point we're at today where it's taken as a given. And likewise, social interface, the idea of remembering what the user is good at, at looking at where they pause and have problems, and using that context to help them. It'll take a long time uh, to catch on. Uh, for over two years now, we've had copies out at software developers, uh, letting them not only start their development work, uh, but having them tell us which routines they want us to speed up, what things they think we should simplify. And we've been able to respond to all that feedback and really enable people uh, to do great new things uh, with their applications. Uh, we're really getting down to the, the final stages of Windows 95 development. Uh, and uh, we're really kind of uh, anxious to get the product out there. The following day, June 21st, Microsoft previews Exchange Server for the first time. Exchange Server offers users an integrated inbox for email, scheduling, electronic forms, faxes, voicemail, and access to online services. Later in June, an open speech API specification for 32-bit Windows platforms is announced. The API provides interfaces for enabling applications to make use of native speech recognition and text-to-speech capabilities. At the same time, Microsoft chooses Wyden & Kennedy, a Portland-based advertising agency, to create its first global image advertising campaign. The contract is worth an estimated $40 million in annual billings. 
The decision to launch a global image campaign is considered a major departure for Microsoft. In the past, Microsoft has advertised its products separately, relying almost entirely on print advertising in trade and business publications. On July 15th, Microsoft and Digital Equipment Corporation pulled the first design preview of the preliminary specification for the Common Object Model, or COM, an open architecture for cross-platform development of Microsoft OLAY-based client-server applications. On July 16th, the battle is finally over. Microsoft announces that it has reached a settlement with the Justice Department, ending four years of government investigation. The specific areas covered under the settlement pertain only to Microsoft's software license agreements with OEMs and non-disclosure agreements for pre-release versions of operating system products. A month later, on August 12th, Microsoft announces plans to rescue baseball fans during the 1994 baseball strike, utilizing Microsoft Complete Baseball as a life raft for baseball purists. Microsoft's special online service, Baseball Daily, will be available for free to everyone who currently has the program for the duration of the strike. That fall, on September 12th, at a private briefing for about 500 OEM customers in Seattle, Microsoft outlined the basic Marvel services the company intends to deliver over time. These services include email, product and vendor forums, bulletin boards integrated with Usenet news groups, conferencing, and forums for special interest groups. Initially, Microsoft will use Marvel, or MSN, the Microsoft network, primarily as an online support service for its products. Later in September, Microsoft introduces Microsoft BackOffice, an integrated information system. BackOffice includes Mail Server 3.2, which will provide a direct upgrade path to Microsoft Exchange Server, which is scheduled to ship in 1995. October 3rd is cause for celebration at Microsoft. On that date, the millionth copy of Microsoft Project ships. This milestone reflects the combined shipments of all versions of Microsoft Project, full packaged product, and does not include shipments of product updates. Another lighthearted moment arrives on October 7th, when the Consumer Division announces the National Image the Magic Contest. School children in grades 3 through 6 are asked to describe what the coolest computer could do. In 50 words or less, the six children who win will receive an all-expense-paid trip with a parent to the corporate campus in Redmond, where they will meet and share ideas with Bill Gates. On November 1st, it's the premiere of Microsoft TV, a one-hour semi-monthly satellite broadcast program. It's designed to help customers stay informed about Microsoft products, applications, and strategies. It's aimed at corporate information services professionals, software developers, line of business managers, and Microsoft solution providers. Also on November 1st, Microsoft announces the acquisition of the assets of NextBase Limited, a leading interactive mapping and route planning software company based in the United Kingdom. Products include AutoMap Road, Atlas in the US, and AutoRoute Expression in Europe. On November 9th, Microsoft launches a global brand campaign. Over the next few months, the company will invest over $100 million in an international marketing campaign to build the Microsoft brand name. The campaign, Where Do You Want to Go Today?, aims to differentiate Microsoft from the competition and to get people excited about software. Listen, this stuff that we make, it's powerful. It makes you powerful. Take it. Gather up your ideas. Listen. This stuff run with it. Listen, it's powerful. This stuff that we make, it's powerful. This stuff that make trouble and good things. Gather up your ideas. Make some mistakes. Just do something amazing. We're the ones who go.
to become. The stuff that we make, take it, gather up your ideas, do something amazing. Gather up your ideas, write something. We're in your corner. Listen. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. In mid-November, Microsoft announces that it has acquired One Tree Software, a privately held company which produces SourceSafe, a source code control tool for advanced team software development. This acquisition provides a source code control solution that can be used as a central development manager by developers using Microsoft tools. It's scheduled to be available in December of 94. And while 1994 saw plenty of grim news like the death of Kurt Cobain, an attack on ice skater Nancy Kerrigan, and the 6.7 magnitude Northridge earthquake in Los Angeles, there was brighter news in Redmond. Bill Gates bought Leonardo da Vinci's notebooks at a Christie's auction for a record $30.8 million and could easily afford it, as Microsoft raked in a staggering $4,649 million in 1994, while the employee headcount climbed to over 15,000. But nothing that Microsoft had done before could compare with the massive fanfare that greeted the release of the mysterious operating system codenamed Chicago. Chicago.